Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. Find it here every week on SEM Synergy. Join your host as we learn from the elite of search engine marketing pros and find the winning formula for exceptional search engine marketing. Get the latest news, trends, and analysis in SEO, PPC, branding, SEO design, and analytics. Now, welcome your host, a founding father of SEO and an accomplished search engine marketing scholar, the host of SEM Synergy, Bruce Clay. Hi, welcome to SEM Synergy. I'm Virginia Nessie, and I'm standing in to welcome you to the weekly digital marketing podcast of Bruce Clay, Inc., Every week you hear from a lot of the same voices and I thought we'd start with something a little different and chat with the people to kind of get to know us. Because really, in my opinion, there's quite a superhero team of digital marketers here. So on the ad side, there's the author of Pay-Per-Click Search Engine Marketing an Hour a Day and the VP of Search Marketing Operations here at BCI, David Zatella. You are our newest host. Always great to be with all of my friends here. I had a, a question. How was the experience of writing PPC an hour a day? That seems like a goal, like kind of too good to be true. Is it still possible to get results in SEM with an hour a day investment? Well, to answer your first question, it was mostly very, very painful. I, I was in the middle of a really, really busy period in my business, and I had to squeeze in writing during nights, mornings, and vacations. I was always missing deadlines. The editors hated me. I think we ended up publishing six months or more after the ultimate deadline. So, Oh, six months? That's nothing. I know. I know. <laughs> it was painful. I mean, part of the problem was I edit, I edit what I write because I'm one of my first jobs out of grad school was as a copy editor and a proofreader. So, like, I see what I've written, and I go, oh, that's bad. I've got to rewrite that. So I wrote twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, your second question, okay, of course, the book is about learning how to be a PPC manager, and an hour a day these days, I don't think so. In fact, the format felt a little bit confining because there's so much you need to learn that you should spend more than an hour dedicated time learning. Now, getting great results from paid search ads with an hour a day, that's five hours a week, no. you know larry kim will say that from wordstream will say that uh, the number one factor in success of uh, a good ppc campaign is constant attention frequent attention in other words working on it changing things testing things and that's definitely more than five hours a week all right. Well, the truth comes out, but I'm sure there's still a lot in the in the book that that people, like you said, kind of gets you across the learning curve. Oh yeah, that's that's the whole idea. And yeah, I mean, like the ad copywriting chapter and the landing page chapter. I mean, it should take someone four hours to go through it, internalize it, practice it, because I encourage practicing the. There are some uh, exercises in the book. But, you know, just those two chapters are, I'm very proud of them. Thanks for that little rundown, Dave. Uh, With the superpower of content marketing, SEO, and also training and education, Mindy Weinstein, your official title is Director of Training at Bruce Clay Inc. 
you're also the author of a couple books yourself. And I, I have to say that I love these books. Not that I've read them, but the title alone <laughs> speaks volumes. Right. And so the books I have, though, that was my uh, prior SEO life. So I used to be in personal finance. So one of the books that uh, I actually co-authored is called Rich and Thin, Slim Down, Shrink Debt, Shrink Calories into Cash, which I think is kind of a sexy title. It's not what it was originally titled. The publisher came back with something a little more fun. But that was the first one. And then the second one, once the economy went down, the second book that I co-authored is called Money Trouble. So it's surviving a financial crisis, basically. As far as the process goes with books, it is painful. I mean, I just remember like all the hours of writing, and then you get it back from the editor, and it looks like someone threw up red all over it. Is what it looks like when you get your Word document. But the other thing that I found interesting about books and getting published, you know, you get a lot of no's before you get a yes. But then, like, my first book, I got a yes from McGraw Hill, which is one of the major publishers out there. So it's one of those things. It's a great experience. It's just... It is painful. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's no walk in the park. Later in the show, both David and Mindy will be talking about the presentations they're giving at PubCon Las Vegas, which is coming up next week. Technically, if you want to know behind the scenes, we're recording this the week before SMX. And then when this airs, we'll be at SMX, another awesome conference. And then the week after that is PubCon. So we've got actually quite a few conferences coming up. That'll be part of the, the topics of the show today because we've got two speakers right here. Might as well have them, you know, give us their insight that they're going to share at these shows with people who are really paying a lot to be there. And then Rob Ramirez, you're here rounding out the superhero team with your x-ray vision. <laughs> really? I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> Just kidding. But like... When you do SEO, aren't you like looking through the monitor or the mobile screen straight to that HTML and the server so you can bust bot traps and, <laughs> uh, you know, move category structures with your mind? Yeah, actually, sure. I, I'll go with that. I like it. That sounds good to me. So if you if you could have a superhero power, what do you think it would be? Oh, wow. That's, um, I don't know, be able to fly, I think. No, actually, can you clone yourself? Can I be in two places at one time? That would be awesome. Cause that would be awesome. Yeah, there's so much work to be done. Imagine how much you can accomplish if there were two of you. Oh, uh, my I, gosh. I Your superhero makes you work harder? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, one of us could be on a beach somewhere, and the other one could be working. There's That's that, true. too. So, yeah. So, and then I'm Virginia. I'm the content and media manager, and that includes part my role is putting together this little show and I guess if I just had to give a fun fact about myself I love to dance and I've embarrassed myself at many a conference breaking out some dance moves <laughs> so expect that in the coming weeks but hopefully nobody puts that on Facebook okay so you're hearing this and it's September 30th which is SMX week and I um, along with Mindy and David um, we're going to be at these conferences and for, for myself personally, it's something that I feel really lucky um, to be able to be part of because I, I work while I'm there. I do our reporting and our live blogging so that you're not at the conference. You can follow along with a lot of the sessions and hear what is like cutting edge strategy or tactics for SEO, PPC, social media. Um, we try to cover all the bases, conversion, analytics, um, so while I go there, you know, uh, on the clock, I take away a ton of information myself. 
and like I'll come home with notes like, hey, let's check out this tool or let's give this a test. And um, I feel that uh, there's there's a bit of um, what I read in this recent Marketing Land article. I like they called it the social media shiny object syndrome. Personally, I get that. And also, you know, we work with people who are like, well, what? tell me, do I need to be on, on Blab IM or should I be um, broadcasting on Periscope or does my brand need to be on Snapchat? And like, I know that it's really, there's a tension between being an early adopter and the benefit of that. And then also... Um, the you can't split yourself up. You can't be a million places at once, Rob. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And you know, it's it's really a question of where are your customers, right? If you're thinking of it from a business perspective, anyways. I mean, sometimes some of these social media engagements, the the goal is just to be seen, right, and to get eyes on uh, whatever it is that you're producing. It's kind of the goal for businesses too. But you know, are the people that you're trying to attract and engage with actually using uh, the social media platform that you're considering going into that's really the first question you should ask yourself what i love is that people just assume because i mean we're in the industry so they assume that we're personally on everything (laughs) i always think that's kind of funny like well you're on periscope right you're doing that all the time of course you would be doing it because you're in the industry but one thing i found interesting so in that social media shiny object syndrome article on search engine land it brought up the big four you know there's facebook twitter google plus and linkedin and most businesses think that that's the ones they should focus on and sometimes they think they shouldn't focus on anything else and that caught my attention because i i think at&t is a really good example of a brand that actually what did what you said rob they looked at where are their customers and they were trying to reach the millennial generation and promote their wireless you know service to them so they went on tumblr and they've actually built a pretty good presence on Tumblr. One of their most popular um, posts that they had was a, it was, looked like a text message, and it just read, "When you know what you want, call me." Just like perfect. It's personal. It was right to the millennial generation. It was right where they were too. So I think for businesses, you don't have to be everywhere, but you have to be where your ideal customers are. So it goes with what you were talking about. But and it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be the big four. It might be some other social media sites. Hey, Dave, you know how I think Nestle just went to Tumblr and took their website down? Yep. Does that mean they can't do PPC? It's possible to do PPC and direct traffic to Tumblr. Okay. Yeah, they would just create landing pages with Tumblr posts? Right. There's also a trend, you know, I mean, a lot of businesses now, especially internationally, are just developing apps. And, and that is really becoming where they're connecting with their customers. Because uh, apps are so prevalent overseas, um, specifically, a lot of businesses on that side of the pond anyways are just uh, foregoing creating websites altogether and going with mobile experience exclusively because all of their customers are on mobile and I guess really that's kind of the takeaway in my mind from all this is uh, be where your customers are Uh, and if they're all on mobile phones then you better have a good mobile experience app optimization should be a topic we talk about soon absolutely absolutely okay we're going to take a quick break and then I mentioned PubCon is happening next week and that we've got two PubCon speakers on the mic here, so they'll give us their session highlights when SEM Synergy is back. Don't go away. SEM Synergy will be right back.
Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis. SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com. That's S-P-Y-F-U.com. And start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Whether you are an online business or domain name investor, you need access to the best names. With over 270 million domains already registered, finding the right names at the best price requires a great wingman. Namejet.com puts you in the pilot seat by giving you fast and unparalleled access to some of the best premium and expired domain names on earth. As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investment. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at mock speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com. Search engine marketing formulated for Web 2.0. You're listening to SEM Synergy on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEM Synergy. I'm Mindy Weinstein, Director of Training at Bruce Clay, Inc. And I have some exciting news. PubCon Vegas is next week. So I'm always very excited to go to any of the PubCon conferences. There's always so much to learn. Always a great lineup of speakers. And I'll be speaking there as well as David Satella, our VP of Search Marketing Operations. So we thought we would give you a little preview of what we'll be talking about in our sessions coming up in Vegas very, very soon. So I'll start and then David, I'll let you explain what yours is. But I am talking about search and social and how do you create content that can be shareable in a social environment but also search engine friendly. And there's actually going to be a panel of three of us, so my portion's pretty small. But what I'm going to be focusing on is kind of the things we talked about even before the break. You know, when search and social, when it comes to content, you have to know your audience, which means keyword research, which goes on the search side of things. You have to know what keywords to use in your content, make sure that those people can find you, make sure the search engines are indexing your pages for the keywords you want them to be indexing, and you want to show up for those keywords too. And then on the social side of things, I'll be focusing on how do you create that content that really resonates with people and 
encourages that encourage them to share. So a lot of my focus is on the audience. That's always where my heart is. I feel like every time we do podcasts, I start talking about like the audience. Know your audience because to me that goes with anything that we talk about, the search side and the social side. So I have three tips that I'll be going over and I do have a couple brand examples that I'll give during my presentation. But I know the other panelists also have some good tips because we've been strategizing together. So that's me. But what about you, David? Well, I'm going to be talking about uh, mistakes that I see advertisers making in PPC. And I've got some really good ones that I see so frequently that really, really affect performance. So I think I'm going to talk about maybe 10. Uh, obviously, I'm still working on my presentation. Uh, but I've got three that I'd love to share with the listeners today. So... Two of them are from an article that I wrote for the very excellent publication, the SEM Post, Jennifer Slake's publication. The name of the article is, You're Probably Making Some of These Bonehead AdWords Mistakes. The first one is, uh, as most good PPC managers know, it's, it's a very, very good idea to frequently uh, look at the search query report and mine it for negative and positive keywords, especially negative keywords. So what I mean by that is the search query report shows the actual queries that people are typing in uh, that trigger ads because they measure keywords. So I think the search query tool is kind of flawed for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, it always suggests that you add negative keywords at the ad group level and I think most of the time, the, the negative keywords should be added at the campaign level. So just tick off that campaign level and, and you, you'll do fine. The other flaw, I think, is a much bigger one, and that is when uh, Google suggests or when you click on a neg negative keyword and add it to the list of negative keywords, Google creates exact match versions of those negative keywords. Uh, frequently, those are phrases with with the brackets around them indicating that they're exact match keywords. Well, most often that's really not what you're after because exact match negative keywords will ensure that ads aren't, aren't displayed only when the search query is exactly the same as the exact match negative keyword. Uh, in other words, AdWords doesn't expand negative keywords with close variants as it does with positive keywords. So... Most of the time, almost always, what you want to do is remove those brackets and make your negative keywords broad match. Uh, that will screen out the, mo the most uh, bad search queries uh, rather than a small number. Furthermore, uh, frequently you want to reduce uh, that negative keyword phrase down to one or maybe two keywords uh, because really you're, you want to tell Google... Uh, don't show my ads for any search queries that contain this one word. Very, very simple, uh, really affects performance because very often I see accounts with only exact match negative keywords and there's still an awful lot of negative keywords that should be added as broad match. So that's tip number one. Uh, tip number two is um, I think most professional PPC managers know that uh, it's a bad idea to copy a search campaign 
uh, and turn that into a Google Display Network campaign. In other words, use the exact same keywords and ads and even negative keywords. Uh, that's not usually not a good idea. I'll talk a little bit more about why in a second. Um, but let's zero in on the negative keywords. Negative keywords and display network campaigns play a totally different role uh, than negative keywords in a search campaign. With negative keywords in a network campaign, you're literally, literally saying to Google, don't show my ad if any of these words appear on the page. Okay? So I frequently see a very long list of negative keywords in a display network campaign, and it's obvious that the uh, PPC manager has just copied their search campaign and turned it into a display network campaign, negative keywords and all. And they often wonder why their traffic is constricted, why they're not getting many impressions. Well, it's because that long list of negative keywords is telling Google, don't show my ads on almost, you know, lots, lots and lots of pages, uh, lots of pages that are relevant to the advertisers' products and services. So if you want to play it safe, just never use negative keywords. Um, there are a couple instances where they're okay. Uh, I'm not even going to talk about them. Just delete them and you'll be fine. <laughs> the last tip is um, also related to the Google Display Network, which I love. Um, frequently, I see display campaigns, and the only targeting method is keywords. Um, you know, and frequently... That's also a, a byproduct of the advertiser copying their campaigns into the Google, Google Display Network campaigns. Uh, or it's the result of um, a relatively amateurish PPC manager who really hasn't progressed beyond keywords as a targeting mechanism. Uh, I'm here to tell you that keyword targeting in display campaigns except, well, is, is, is probably the least precise and worst targeting method you can use. Uh, it's great if you want to get wide, wide coverage, wide uh, reach, uh, because keywords in a display network campaign uh, tend to place ads on relatively irrelevant sites. So you really um, get broad reach with keywords. But is especially if you're doing uh, direct response advertising on display on the display network, what's really called for is very very precise targeting, reaching exactly and only the target audience that will uh, patronize your site. Uh, there are there's a range of targeting options. Uh, they fall into two categories: site targeting and audience targeting. Uh, I won't go into each one, but I will tell you that uh, my absolute favorite uh, targeting method is a relatively new one called the uh, custom audience segments. Basically, you feed uh, a tool about five keywords and about five sites. And what you're really doing is uh, t teaching the tool um, the kind of person you want to reach, the kind of person that frequents the sites that you specify and, and others like them and the kind of person that's interested in the keywords you list and others, others like them. Uh, it, 
it's like magic, like a lot of things in AdWords, but it really works. It is uh, the best way to hyper-target a, a small audience. Uh, it even approaches the hyper-targeting you can do with Facebook and, and LinkedIn. So give it a try. And if you want to hear the other seven or so tips, you'll have to come to PubCon. <laughs> or read the blog, because we will be covering your session, um, top ma- the top major AdWords mistakes and how to prevent them. We'll be, doing, we'll be writing about that on the Bruce Clay blog. There's one other PubCon speaker who's not here right now, and that's Bruce. And he's going to be um, a present, presenter on the session Keywords and Keyword Research. And Rob, if you were giving this presentation and you were going to kind of share maybe from Bruce's methodology or even, you know, if you were just up there, would you have any advanced tips to share? Yeah, sure. I mean, um, I think one of the main things that you need to consider now when doing keyword research, and it, it used to be that it was just, uh, you know, you feed in uh, some seed terms into something like Google's AdWord Planner and, and see what came back as far as related terms come goes. Um, but with Hummingbird, with the way the search engines have evolved, it's much more important now to consider uh, semantically related terms. Uh, so you really want to expand uh, what you would normally do uh, in a keyword exercise to always include those terms. Um, make sure that you're accounting for them, uh, finding the synonyms, finding the longer tail phrases. Uh, they're really so important to include at the very least in, in the content on a page that's really trying to rank for a keyword set. And that's important as well. You know, when we do keyword research and keywords, uh, the old way of doing things would be every keyword has a landing page. Uh, now it really is keyword sets. Uh, talk broadly about a topic, uh, talk thoroughly about a topic, and make sure that not only the main keyword is is significantly placed on the page, but also all of those semantically relevant terms uh, that, that Google is really interested in finding. Uh, so, you know, I, I guess if, if I have one message, it would be expand your research and make sure to look beyond what would uh, ordinarily be uh, just uh, what gets returned in, in these types of tools that are out there. Is there a tool? Um, no, the, the best way to do it, uh, I mean, there are tools, right, that, that kind of build on these things. The Uber suggests of the world, keyword tool, keywordtool.io, all those, those, although those tools now aren't going to be working as effectively because Google's kind of taking away um, the uh, Google Instant uh, Preview um, engine that, that, that a lot of them are built on. Um, one of the best ways to do it is to go look at the SERP, right? Look at uh, the way Google is building SERPs. Um, look at query itself, who's being rewarded, what types of terms are appearing in the top 100 results, um, you know, what type of uh, sites are, are succeeding, uh, to get an idea of the type of persona that Google is building the SERP for, because that's really what it is, right? Google is uh, Google knows what the searchers uh, that are using your phrases are looking for, and they're putting the best, what they consider to be the best results at the top of the page. So uh, your job is to uh, be a better result than what those uh, top ones are, basically. Um, so uh, nothing nothing better than just typing in the keyword phrase and going to look at what the SERP looks like. I think it's uh, something that people don't do uh, enough of and when they rely a little too much on tools. That's awesome, and I actually hear a bit of a, a common thread through all of your presentations that, that whether it's the custom audience um, 
you know, targeting or, um, you know, looking at the audience for content that you're writing. Um, and then, of course, looking at the SERP and the persona that Google is targeting. Um, look, again, at your real-life customer, how, whatever that means to you. Um, so thank you guys for sharing this preview into PubCon. If you're listening and you want to read about what's happening at the conferences, if you go to the blog right now, bruceclay.com slash blog, you'll be inundated with all sorts of live blogging from SMX East and PubCon in the coming week. If you haven't already, we would love if you went to semsynergy.com slash iTunes to tell us what you thought of the show today. Hope to see you next week on SEM Synergy. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.